What's up, y'all? This is Jay Jock. Welcome to another episode of Hawks on the Hardwood, part of the Trackstar Sports Network. So you probably already heard that Dennis Schroeder is no longer an Atlanta Hawk. We traded Dennis Schroeder um, a couple of days ago, and we got Carmelo Anthony from the Oklahoma City Thunder and a few other assets. Now, we're not going to actually keep Carmelo Anthony. We're going to buy out his contract, so he's not going to actually suit up for Atlanta. Now, there's a lot of details I want to go into when talking about this trade, so that's what we're really going to talk about. We're going to talk about this trade in this episode and just really dive into that. To that. Um, also, this trade clarifies some of the issues with the recent Lynn acquisition that some people may have had. So I want to talk about that also. But first, let me tell you about a great app for your podcasts. The Podcast Republic app allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android devices. You can search for the podcast you want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them just a click away. So make sure you download this app right away. Again, the app is called the Podcast Republic app, available for your Android devices. So go ahead and do that, but first let's get into this episode. All right, so here are the details for the trade. Atlanta's sending away Dennis Schroeder to Oklahoma City. We are also sending away Mike Muscala to Philadelphia. In return, Atlanta gets Justin Anderson from Philadelphia and Oklahoma's first round pick in 2022. And of course, Carmelo Anthony, who I uh, mentioned earlier, we're going to be buying out his contract, so he's not actually going to suit up for Atlanta. So, real quick, I want to mention a couple of things about this pick because this pick is so important. I know a lot of people have been complaining um, that Atlanta is, we're getting draft picks, yes, but they're so far in the future. I know a lot of people were wondering when we got Jeremy Lin, we're getting um, draft picks like in 2025 and way, way in the future. And some people are getting frustrated because they're like, we need to be better now. Well, just to ease your nerves a little bit, yes, our first round pick is in 2022. However, there is a rule in the um, NBA bylaws called the Stepien Rule, which states you cannot trade away two consecutive first round picks. The thing is, is Oklahoma City already gave their 2020 pick to Orlando. So since they can't have two consecutive picks traded away... That means the 2019 pick is off the table and also the 2021 pick is off the table. The earliest pick we can get from Oklahoma City is the 2022 pick, which is what we got. So that's good. So just to ease your mind right there, that's the best we can do with Oklahoma City is getting a first rounder in 2022. Now, something also important to note is this pick is lottery protected, which means if Oklahoma City in 2022, if they make the playoffs, something happens to this pick. And what happens to this pick is that it turns into two second round picks. So that's not good, but there's always protection on these picks usually. Um, but it's also good in the fact that there is an extremely, extremely good chance that Oklahoma City will make the playoffs in two, 2022 because Russell Westbrook and Paul George will still be under contract. So more likely they'll still be on the Thunder 
And Oklahoma City makes the playoffs pretty much every year. They're not a tanking team. They're really trying to compete and win. So in 2022, I'm very confident as of right now that they will make the playoffs. They won't be a lottery team. And we will be able to use that first round pick. Okay? So I think that's very good. Now, I really like this this trade that we did. Um Really, most analysts and most people, really all analysts, and they like this trade. But even without that first round pick, but just shedding Dennis Schroeder's salary to get um, and buying out Carmelo Anthony, even without that pick, that's this is still a good trade. So the pick is kind of, and Justin Anderson, is kind of like the cherry on top that makes this not just a good trade, but a great trade. Now... I want to explain a little bit because I know some people are not understanding and I'm sorry if you if you do already understand um, why shedding Schroeder's contract is a good idea. I'm going to touch into this real quick, but trust me, later on in the episode, I'll get into other information also. So let me talk about why this was a good trade and why we needed to trade Dennis Schroeder for Carmelo Anthony and buy out Carmelo. All right, so bear with me if you already know a lot of this information. I'm going to get into some more um, information that you might not be as familiar with later in the episode. So just bear with me. I'm really going to um, try to focus into the many people that I've noticed that don't really understand the business side of the NBA. So this is what I'm going to go into right now. So of course you probably already know that the NBA operates with a salary cap, meaning that teams are only allowed to spend a certain amount of total money on player salaries. Atlanta is one of the few teams that is way under that salary cap amount, meaning they have lots of flexibility or to use NBA terms cap space to sign free agents or make other moves like taking on bad contracts for other assets like draft picks, which is essentially what we did with Carmelo. Um, For a rebuilding team, this cap space is immensely, immensely important. Now, Dennis Schroeder's contract was eating into our cap space at about $15.5 million a year up until 2021, so 2021. So for the next three years, I'm counting this year, Schroeder's contract will hinder the Hawks from signing anyone in the free agent market in the amount of $15.5 million each year. Now, we know that we don't really even need Schroeder in Atlanta right now. We just just drafted Trey Young, and Jeremy Lin was just traded to us also. Plus, Schroeder, he said he doesn't even want to be an Atlanta Hawks. So getting rid of him and his contract, which is going to affect us in the future, is immensely important because, like I said, it affects us for three years. This is why this is a good trade. So we traded Schroeder for Carmelo, whose contract is, his, is on its last year. So, yes, Carmelo's contract is larger than Schroeder, but it expires this year and it only affects us this year. It doesn't affect us in the future years, the next three years, like Schroeder's contract will. That's why this is a good trade. Now, also, Carmelo, his contract is only affecting us this year when most of the free agent market is already tapped out. Yes, we had a, we had quite a bit of flexibility, and we have none right now for 
this year, but this year we no longer need that flexibility because most of the free agents have already moved on and signed to other teams like LeBron is with LA, of course you know Boogie is with Golden State, etc, etc. Well, there's just not a lot of free agents that we want right now, so the flexibility for right now for this year is really not that important. But freeing up financial flexibility for the future is still extremely important and it's why this trade makes sense. We now, because we got rid of Dennis Schroeder's um, $15.5 million contract, we now have $15.5 million more to sign free agents in the 2019-2020 season and the 2020-2021 season. And there are very good free agents that we can possibly sign in those two upcoming seasons, like Kyrie Irving, Mark Gasol, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, Draymond Green, Kyle Lowry, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, and Chris Stapps Persingas, and even more. There's even more great free agents. Um, so that's why this makes sense. It really makes a lot of sense business-wise. Now, the fact that we're able to secure a first-round draft pick in 2022 makes this trade, in my opinion, extremely good for us. And also because we added Justin Anderson. So not only did we increase our financial flexibility, making so it's a great business decision, we also got other assets like the draft pick. It's a home run for Travis Slink, in my in my opinion. So now comes an issue I've noticed popping up on social media. And I think it's fair to address this. Um, A lot of people, once again, who's been following the NBA a lot more, this might be an automatic, I understand why we're doing this, but I know there's a lot of people that are not understanding why we're buying out Carmelo Anthony's contract. People are saying, why are we not adding him to our roster? We're actually paying him his salary and not even forcing him to play here? That's what a lot of people are saying. Why are we paying his salary and not making him play in Atlanta? Well, to address this, I think it's helpful to look at this from two angles. The short-term effects of adding Carmelo and the long-term effects of adding Carmelo Anthony to our roster. So I'm going to hit on that next, okay? All right, so let's start with the short-term results of not buying out Carmelo's Anthony's contract but forcing him to play in Atlanta now I agree this would help us slightly okay we would win a couple more games we'd have a great score and a very popular player on the team for one year only one year of course because this is it's an expiring contract but would we be substantially better will we really be a like a playoff bound team no I don't think so not at all we'd still actually be a pretty bad team with Carmelo I mean, even if you value Carmelo very highly and think he can get back to all-star status, which he probably could, we only have him for one year and he would still be the only all-star caliber player on the Hawks. So we have one all-star caliber player now. It still does not make us competitive compared to more stacked teams like Boston, who has Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford, three all-star caliber players, and other great players. Philly, who has Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and other great players. Toronto, who has Kyle Lowry, and now Kawhi Leonard, two all-star caliber players. Or 
Milwaukee, who has lots of great players, and Giannis. Okay? It really does not make us competitive with any of those playoff teams. And those are just in the Eastern Conference. Now, I know there might be some Carmelo fans that might disagree with this still and say, no, Carmelo, he can really bring them and lead them to the playoffs because he's such a great scorer. And I agree. That's pretty much all that Carmelo does is he he's a great scorer. I agree he's an amazing, great scorer. But let's compare statistics real quick and talk about scoring, okay? And let's just stop real quick and think. Okay, Dennis Schroeder. Who we gave up got us 19 points per game as the number one scoring option for Atlanta. He's no longer in Atlanta, but let's say we do replace him with Carmelo Anthony, okay? Yes, Carmelo's a great scorer, but let's go back to when he was the number one scoring option. Before Oklahoma City, before Chris Stapps Porzingis, but when he was in the, undisputably the number one scoring option in New York City, he averaged 24 points per game. It's five points more than Dennis Schroeder. So let's say that he does give us five more points per game. Um, Atlanta last year, we only lost 10 games by five points or less. So let's say he got us an extra five points per game and we won those 10 games. We're still only a 34-win team, which means we missed the playoffs by a long shot. Even if he got us 15 more games, we still missed the playoffs by quite a bit. So, I know this is not like a great exact science to show and calibrate exactly how Carmelo is going to um, affect our team in regards to scoring. But you see the logical conclusion that I'm drawing. He's not going to make us that much better. His five points per game, or even if he gives us like seven points per game more, it's not going to make us competitive. It's just not. Now, let's get into the long-term effects, okay? So, the long-term effects is he's going to be taking away development from our young core, okay? Right now, our starting small forward, um, Tarim Prince, He's hitting really his field goal percentage is pretty much the same. In fact, a little bit better at the three than Carmelo. Um, Tarin is hitting 38% from three. Carmelo, I think last year was 35% from three. The rebounding, um, Carmelo's got a little edge, maybe like one more rebound per game. But my point is, is Tarin Prince, he is still playing well, but he's young and he needs to develop. We're a rebuilding team. We need to invest in our future. We don't need to circumvent that rebuilding process by taking away his playing time so we can have Carmelo start over him and Carmelo take away playing time from not only him, but uh, some other players in our young core. So he's actually detracting from our future. He's not investing in our future. By adding Melo, we are not investing in our future in more than one ways. Because it's not just that he's taking away playing time from the players that we're trying to develop. Let's say he does win us, win us 10 or 15 more games per season, next season. That still does not make us a good team like I already, um, like I already said. But it also lessens the chance for us to get a good lottery pick. So it hurts us in the draft. So it also detracts from our future in that way. But maybe most overlooked, and to me, one of the most important things is it just makes our front office look like jerks. I mean, right now, 
Carmelo Anthony, he has aspirations to win a ring. He has aspirations to build on his legacy. For him as a vet to come onto the Atlanta Hawks and not give us too much in return, and for us to block his aspirations, it makes us look bad because we're not getting much in return for that. He has a right to be mad. And by making us look like jerks, it's going to make it less appealing to future free agents to come and join our team because they're going to remember, hey, yeah, I remember when they really did Carmelo Anthony dirty. They must not care about our players. Now, I know a lot of people might be thinking, well, yeah, Carmelo would be mad and he'd be upset that he has to play for the Hawks. That's true. But that just happens in the NBA. I mean, you look at the recent Kawhi and um, DeRozan trade. They were both unhappy, but it's just the way it is. But you see, that's that's a different situation because... Yes, it's making headlines that the these NBA teams are not loyal. Specifically, Toronto is not loyal, and it's making their front office look bad. But it will make us look even worse because they got a good return. So the Spurs got rid of a disgruntled Kawhi Leonard, who was going to leave next year anyways. And then they got back an all-star asset in return, and other assets also. So they got an all-star player in DeMar DeRozan and they can still be competitive. So Toronto also, they have a chance to have a top three player in the NBA on their team in hopes of convincing him to stay much like Paul George did in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma. And they can be competitive with Kawhi Leonard. So you look at that and you can say, well, both players, they're mad, but I mean, both teams, they got a great return and they can still be competitive in their situations. So you kind of understand that the players are mad, but in the Kawhi and DeRozan trade, you can see, hey, it's a business. People get mad. They got a good return. It's different if Atlanta does not buy out Carmelo's contract because we're making Carmelo mad, but we're not going to be competitive. So it looks extremely selfish for Atlanta because we're not getting the same amount of return as the Spurs and Toronto did. Hopefully that makes some sense. Um, but that's something that I think cannot be overlooked. We cannot look like jerks in the front office and expect to convince free agents to come. We just can't. So that right there is my reasons why we should buy out Carmelo's contract. Um, one good thing that Melo would bring to Atlanta besides winning maybe 10 games, which is to me is not a big deal, is he would boost ticket sales because he's a highly marketable player. And this brings me to my next point. So one of the main pushbacks against the, Lid the um, Jeremy Lin trade was an assumption that we acquired Jeremy Lin because he's highly marketable. Many people said that our GM is making moves to bring in marketable players like Trey Young and now Jeremy Lin at the expense of forming a cohesive and winning team. Well, buying out Carmelo and letting him walk should put that negative assumption to rest because Carmelo is an extremely marketable player. I mean, he had that signature um, shoe with the Jordan brand for year, years. He won gold medals with Team USA, 10-time All-Star. You know, I understand that his popularity, it has waned some in the recent years. But 
Carmelo is still immensely marketable and one of the NBA's most recognizable players. He will still sell tickets. The fact that he's walking and we're buying out his contract shows that Travis Schlenk is not just trying to bring in marketable players, but he's trying to build a team that can win games. And Trey Young and Jeremy Lin were brought onto the Hawks so we can win games. It's not all about marketability with Travis Schlenk, obviously. That's the way I see it, at least. Secondly, this sheds a lot of light on why we didn't pick up Fareed and Arthur's contract for the Nuggets' first-round pick last week. So if you remember, um, last week, there was a lot of Hawks fans that were angry because when we acquired Jeremy Lin from Brooklyn, it opened up the chance for them to make a deal with Denver, take on two bad contracts, um, the contracts being Fareed and um, Arthur contracts. And as they took on those two bad contracts attached to that, was a first round pick, which Hawks fans coveted very much because that is what we want as a rebuilding team, especially one rebuilding through the draft was that first round pick. Since we got Lynn and we didn't jump in and take that first round pick deal, a lot of Hawks fans were really mad. Well, this sheds some light on why we didn't jump in and take the deal that Brooklyn got from Denver. According to Chris Vivlamore of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we were in talks with Oklahoma to buy out Carmelo during the Vegas Summer League before we acquired Lynn. So, if we passed on Lynn to go for the deal that was offered Brooklyn, talking about the Freed and Arthur contract and that first-round pick, then we would not have the cap space now to buy out Carmelo because we'd have those two contracts, um, Freed and Arthur. We would still be stuck with Schroeder's long contract and we would have had to take on those extra two contracts we didn't want. And we would have done this for what? One draft pick. So we'd be if we went ahead and we took on Fareed and Arthur, we would have had, yes, that one draft pick, but we would have still had Schroeder's contract. However, since we passed on that trade and we acquired Lynn, we still got a first-round pick from Oklahoma. We got rid of Schroeder's contract. We got a replacement for Schroeder in Jeremy Lin. And we also got another good player in Justin Anderson, who hopefully will be a good asset for the Atlanta Hawks. So that was a home run by Travis Link. So he actually did a very good thing by just waiting out the, um, the Oklahoma trade and buying out Carmelo's Anthony instead of jumping on to the Denver, the Denver um, deal. So here's the last thing I want to mention real quick. Justin Anderson. So since we got him, I think it's appropriate that we just talk about him just a little bit. It seems that he's a very good defender, which is something that the Hawks really need right now. So I'm glad about that. He did play for Coach, Coach Pierce when um, Coach Pierce was in Philadelphia. So he is knowledgeable about Justin Anderson, and maybe he has something to do with us acquiring him. Maybe he was somebody that we targeted. He's hardworking, and although he hasn't been able to show his shooting skills in the NBA yet, his last year of college ball, he actually shot 45% from three-point range, and that's amazing. Now, it's interesting his three-point percentage is just 30% so far for his NBA career. But he has had some injuries so far in the NBA and it has limited him, limited him in playing time and possibly in other areas. So maybe those injuries are behind him now and we can really see what he can do. 
I really hope so, and I really hope he turns out to be a good player. Now, we did have to waive Antonius um, Cleveland in order to take on Justin Anderson. So that's kind of a bummer, because I did like Antonius Cleveland in Summer League, but I think this will be worth it still. Okay? So that's all I have to talk about today. Hopefully, um, hopefully you like what I had to say, but if you did or you didn't, then follow me on social media, hit me up, and we can talk sports. My handle on both Instagram and Twitter is IamJJock. That's I-A-M-J-A-E-J-O-C. So yeah, let's talk sports. This was the Hawks in the Hardwood podcast. I'm Jay Jock, and thanks for listening. I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.